Jamie and I with the Ear of the Green Zone. The Monday after Super Bowl 58, that was a small piece, the best part, of the Super Bowl halftime show. Belton Johnson, our football analyst, will remain our football analyst because I will not be, he will not be our music analyst after calling that the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. Well, Jamie, maybe not the greatest, but <laughs> at least the top five for me. Like, my generation, you know, when I heard those songs, trust me, you don't want to hear me sing, but I was singing. I was, you know, just, you know, doing the rock away, doing the clap, thunder clap and everything with those guys, man. See, that halftime show was dull. Then the roller blades or roller skates came out, and I'm like, oh, maybe we'll have a little bit of an oopsie and have something to talk about tomorrow on the show. But when I when it when turned down for what kicked in, and yeah, uh, that is when I went, okay, this is what I was hoping the whole show was going to be with Usher. Uh, they waited way too long. They should have been doing that way earlier in that halftime show. I, I was okay with where I was at, Jamie. It was. That's just me, and you're right. When they when those songs came on, I, I think even the, the Lil John song that the beat shot shot shots. And oh man, I was. I think that's when I stood up and started dancing a little bit, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, all righty, Belton Johnson, uh, our football analyst uh, here on the Green Zone, as Super Bowl Fifty Eight sees the Kansas City Chiefs win an overtime game against the San Francisco Forty ers uh, Belton, uh, let's go some, I have some rapid fire questions for, well, not quite I just have a lot of questions for you about that mm-hmm. game. First off overtime, would you have taken the ball first? Like Kyle Shanahan after he won the toss or would you have taken it second? I think I would have taken it right off the hop. Jamie. Uh, Cause I'm an offensive guy. I want to let my offense out there. Let us go do our thing. So you have no issue with Kyle Shanahan, uh, taking the uh, ball first. No, I don't. Okay. Not at all. When you look at this football game and Patrick Mahomes' performance, specifically in the fourth and overtime, was that the best Patrick Mahomes we have seen? Is it the best we've seen? And especially there in the fourth, Jamie, you talk about an X Factor, a guy who takes over a game. Mahomes took over that game, Jamie. And. You know, who is it? I, I'll start with Valdez Scantling. Uh, Scantling. Remember he caught that ball and started running backwards? I can't remember what part of the game it was. It was either in, uh, in fourth quarter. Overtime. That was overtime. Okay. Yes. So he catches that ball and they lose yards, right? And the defensive guy, Jones, stands up. He's like, what are you doing? And – Right then, it looked like Mahomes just took over from that point on because even he led the team in rushing, Jamie. Also, I don't know if you know that or not. but 66 yards, yeah. 66 yards to lead the rush. Because it was at one point in the game, it looked like he was just the O-line, the tackles, they weren't holding up their end of the bargain. And I'm just sitting there like, just run the ball. Just get it and take off, get what you get whenever you can because – it did look like the secondary was uh, pretty tough there for the Niners uh, early on and everything, right? So but, I do think that was the best, Damian, because he, he was able to ma- manipulate the pocket. He was able to complete passes. He was able to run the ball. 
He was the total package, Damon. Felton Johnson, our CFL and NFL analyst here on the Green Zone the day after Super Bowl 58. What, where are the Chiefs going as a franchise? That's three and five years, four Super Bowl appearances in the last five, and this is a younger team around Patrick Mahomes. What do you foresee? Use Belton Johnson's crystal ball on what we're going to see in the next five years from the Kansas City Chiefs. Jamie, he's undefeated in that stadium from what I heard last night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So think of, I'm just thinking out loud here, Jamie. Like you said, young team. Rasheed Rice, he's still young. You know, you got Pacheco, he's young. O-line probably going to develop a little bit more. Maybe they get a, uh, maybe they're going to drop pick on the whole lineman or something. And the defense is definitely young. You got Snead, who is an absolute baller out there. McDuffie, both of those guys. Did you see them knocking balls away last yep. night? Tech, textbook, Jamie. You got a D-line, D-front. You know, other than Chris Jones, you know, those guys were making plays and everything. And the safeties, you know, I could see this team going for a long time. And, again, the X factor, the key factor is always going to be Mahomes. Don't bet against Mahomes, Jamie. I'm telling you, man. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Uh, it is. Uh, everybody learned their lesson these playoffs uh, to bet against to Patrick Mahomes. But the other quarterback, Brock Purdy, um, was okay. Yeah. Um, you know, asking him to outduel Patrick Mahomes was too much. But I'll ask the same question about the 49ers. They're a little bit older team. Where are they going as a franchise? And is Kyle Shanahan the coach that should continue to lead them? Let, let, let's start right there, Jamie. Kyle Shanahan. He's 0-3 he, as a coordinator. And a head coach, right? He was the coordinator for what it, that debacle, 28-3. Remember that? Yep. Southampton the Patriots. And uh, I think it was, what, four years ago? I can't remember. what They played the Chiefs. They were up by 20, or they were up by 10 points. The score was 20-10. to 10. They lost that game, Jamie. And this most recent game, they were up as much as 10 points. Somehow they lost this game, Jamie. To me, that's the common thread. But it's the players that t- can get you over the top, Jamie. So what is he missing? I'm not sure, man. I just All I know is in that moment I'm sitting there thinking like, I bet Shanahan is thinking like, oh, God, here we go again. Here we go, right? So, you know, yes, they're getting a little bit longer in the tooth, and that is a tough division, Jamie. With the Rams, the Seahawks, well, Cardinals, and mm, you know, the Cardinals will see about that. <laughs> but um, you see what I'm saying, right? Like that is a that is a tough division. They're going to beat each other up in that division there. So can they make it again? I'm not sure they can, Jamie, because a lot's about to change here. I bet this season with that team, they're they're far behind. The Chiefs, the Chiefs got a lot of young players in place. Plus, they've already paid Patrick Mahomes a good piece of his money for the next couple of years. I got to think, right? Well, this, this is how you do it, though. The Chiefs are yeah. doing what you need to do, playing a little money ball with everybody around Patrick Mahomes. He's making big bucks, but you need to draft well, develop well, 
and you can continue to win with it's something the Patriots didn't really do around Tom Brady for the better part of a decade until they won their fourth. So are the Chiefs going to go th- a three-peat? You see a three-peat Belton Johnson the day after the Super Bowl? You want to make a Super Bowl 59 prediction today? Hey, uh, it wouldn't surprise me, Jamie. But again, the NFL, you got a lot of parity coming into place too, right? Like, But if there's anybody that could do it, it's definitely the Chiefs. I'm I'm interested to see on the uh, moves that'll be made um, uh, last season. It is the most watched Super Bowl in uh, Canada. Uh, how did the uh, chick, jerk chicken wings work out for Belton Johnson for his Super Bowl platter yesterday? Jamie, I did smoke uh, jerk barbecue chicken wings. I did uh, smoked uh, buffalo ranch chicken wings, and I also did my ribs and everything, Jamie. And I think before I set the platter of meat down on the table, it was almost all gone before I could even get anything. I was fighting people to get to my own food. <laughs> That's well, before you have to you have to like have a little side thing prepared, Bell. You know how popular your food is. You have to push oh, some yeah. stuff for the side, and then all of a sudden you you got a tray, and people are like, "Where where'd you get that from?" It's uh, like I I brought my own to go. <laughs> I'm a t- you know, I'm a sucker for football, right? So all the pregame stuff, I'm sitting there watching <laughs> while everybody else is scooping up stuff. Turn around and the platter's gone. <laughs> Come on, Belton's got to eat people. Seriously. Uh, let him be fed. Uh, okay, real quick, CFL free agency uh, tomorrow with all the rumors for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. How excited are you about the green and white is about to do tomorrow in CFL free agency? Well, I, I think they've made a big splash already, right? So to me, anything else is icing on the cake and, you know, what I like to call just the finishing touch, Jamie. So if they can, you know, go out and get, you know, those few more pieces and everything, and if they could continue to shape the team the way I think it's being built, like Coach May said, like, he wants this team, um, you know, Saskatchewan imprint on it. I think they're going to do pretty darn good, man. Uh, Micah Johnson re-signed today, the uh, big defensive tackle, uh, to help the depth in the middle of that defensive line with Anthony Lanier coming mm-hmm. back. Uh, maybe Malik Carney, of course, signed. Uh, starting to like that defensive line even more. But Belton, will leave it there for you. Uh, thanks for joining us as always, and we'll uh, talk more football later on. Sounds good, Jamie. You have a good one. That is Belton Johnson, our CFL NFL analyst, uh, right here on the Green Zone. And a reminder tomorrow, CFL free agency, 11 a.m. Saskatchewan time. Myself, Britton Gray, we will have you covered right here starting at 2 o'clock on the Green Zone. Also, 11 a.m. is the start time, so any signings that are happening, we'll have instant reaction for you before the show airs at 2 o'clock. Again, you can like the Jamie and I, the Sports Guy page on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Sports Guy is if you want to find that. Also on X slash Twitter at Green Zone SK. That is the same handle for Instagram. Coming up next, we have... A new promotion for you here on the Green Zone we're going to talk to you about, and it's all about the great coaches in this province. We'll tell you more about it next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.
Jamie and I with you here on the Green Zone. Of course, we love putting a highlight on uh, community sports here on the Green Zone. The Saski Spotlight every single week highlights an athlete here in Saskatchewan. But it kicked off on Saturday, actually, if you've noticed on the website or our social media channels. Starting this month, the Green Zone is launching a new promotion, and it'll go all year long. We are looking for the Green Zone community coach, and this is presented by Cal Tire. So we are here to celebrate the leadership, the great coaches in this province, and we want to recognize a volunteer minor sports coach every single month. They'll get a $100 gift card to source for sports. We'll highlight them and their team, or maybe it's teams, right here on the Green Zone. But, of course, to highlight the great volunteer minor sports coaches across Saskatchewan, we could use your help. You can nominate a deserving coach or sports leader, and we'll recognize them on the show, plus that $100 gift card, to submit your coach for the Green Zone Community Coach presented by Cal Tire. You can head to cjme.com or ckom.com and be sure to nominate. Maybe you have multiple kids with multiple great coaches. Nominate them all, and we'll uh, pick a winner each and every month, highlight them here on the Green Zone, and, of course, a $100 gift card as well. So that is the Green Zone Community Coach presented by Cal Tire. Again, submit your coaching nominations at cjme.com and ckom.com. They're all living the devil may care, and I am just a devil with no despair. So Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Viva Las Vegas! Yikes. The look on Taylor Swift's face when they cut away was like, you stop singing. Stop stop singing, Travis. I'll sing. I'll do the sing. You don't sing. Um, But, yeah, it was the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas history, and uh, judging by the party and the sphere and everything else, there'll be a lot more uh, Super Bowls uh, coming in Vegas. I imagine they'll be on the rotation probably on a more frequent basis than some of the other places they go uh, for the Super Bowl. And someone who knows Vegas very well is the host of the Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio in Las Vegas. It is uh, Clay Baker. So, Clay, what was it like for the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas? Oh, it was mythic, you know, because for so many years, Las Vegas was never really considered like a legitimate city to even be a pro team, to be a pro sports town. And now when you think about after all these years of being the NFL's, you know, enemy, now everybody's good chums and everybody's having a good time. And to think that Las Vegas is that epicenter, that party town for everybody, regardless if it's a sporting event, to think that the NFL's biggest party came to Las Vegas and had such a great time, uh, it's, it was actually euphoric to see it all happen, and it was a dizzying last 10 days, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't imagine uh, having to get up this morning after an overtime Super Bowl to do radio, um, but 
Right. Let, let's let's go to the game itself on how that played out. Um, when you look at Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, especially in the fourth quarter and overtime, how special is that duo? It's amazing to think what can be done when uh, you know everybody is on, in sync. But yet, it's almost like after all these years, Andy Reid found like the ultimate quarterback to run what he needs to do, and then some. But to think that Mahomes, like even the leading rusher of the Chiefs with 66 yards on the ground, 333 through the air, there's nothing he can't do. But let's also think, maybe the sky's the limit right now, Jimmy, because there's more titles on the way. You could almost feel it the way as young as that Chiefs defense is. This is probably just the beginning of more and more. Uh, how could you go against that? No, uh, Travis Kelsey isn't retiring, uh, not yet anyways. Not sure how many more no. years. But behind that, you have Isaiah Pacheco. You have Rashi Rice, who came on late in the season. He's a rookie. Pacheco's in his second year. As you mentioned, that young defense – I was, you're, everybody's comparing it to Tom Brady and the Patriots. The Patriots won three. It took them nine years to win their fourth. I don't think that's going to be the case here with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like all they have to do is just go and find a little bit more here or a little bit more there. There never has to be some sort of like retooling of the defense or offense. And you know what? It felt like even this year's Chiefs team was one of their more vulnerable teams. It wasn't like the team that felt like, you know, they had all the tools and everything was firing all at once. It wasn't like it was the greatest wide receiver position group, like the depth and the wide receiver uh, spots were it was kind of scanty and unreliable. Yet they totally got it done. And after all that was said and done, they did it in their own remarkable fashion. Like you said, coming in, you know, down 10 nothing, and in that maverick sort of way, the Chiefs go and win it. And I have a feeling like, this time next year, they're probably still going to be in the mix because even as the 49ers was probably the most solid team you could face, they still didn't have enough firepower to keep up with Mahomes and Andy Reid and Kelsey and even Chris Jones on the line. Wow, Chris Jones got nasty last night. <laughs> Yo, some people have already texted that Chris Jones should have been the MVP of that football game instead of Patrick Mahomes. Now, Mahomes, mm-hmm. it's always going to go the quarterback, but that defense was relentless. Uh, their defensive coordinator called a great game as well as not only Andy Reid on offense, um, and and they're young. Like, of course, Chris Jones is not young, but that is going. That defense is just going to get better, I think. Clay. Yeah, it's weird because you know today, like on Raider Nation, everyone was like thinking because uh, Raider Nation absolutely hates the Chiefs as much as they hate the Forty ers It was difficult for them to find which one they hate the most, the lesser of two evils. But the fact is that the day after. Even Raider Nation's like, how do you like find the cheat code to beat Kansas City? <laughs> like, is there anything that you could glean from any of these games in the playoffs that you say, all right, you know what, maybe this year is your year? You almost have to go and de facto and be like, the best we could do is second place. You know, the best the Raiders could ever do is always behind what Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City have put up this amazing, excellent standard that nobody can beat. And it's like even for the sports books yesterday, there was people trying to just you know, sports were just like, please, and somebody take the 49ers because we're going to get beat over the head with this Chiefs money, and they did. So even the book, bookmakers were still wondering, like, how can we even, like, find the cheat code against Kansas City? Nobody can. Did Vegas did Vegas actually lose last night? Like, usually the house wins in Vegas, but I don't know if that's the case with the Chiefs' victory because everybody was going Chiefs. Everyone was going Chiefs, and that was the best way to find out, like, all right, which side should I pick? Always ask a bookmaker 
which side do you want? Okay, because that's the one that they want to dangle the money out. And if you have like the Chiefs as a plus two favorite or plus two underdog, rather, it's almost like dangle, dangle. Here's the carrot. We know we're going to take in all that money. And this giant sucking sound is coming on the 49ers side. Like, where's the money? Where's the money? And they just didn't get enough because even the most casual fan is going to play the Chiefs because you see Patrick, you see Taylor Swift. You just get beat over the head with all this commercialism on their side. And it's like I, you just de facto put in your money for the, the Chiefs. And even all these years, when I used to look at boxing and I used to cover boxing, Floyd Mayweather Jr., Toward the last six fights, I was like, you know what? Tonight's the night. Somebody's going to beat him. I'm going to go the underdog, and I would just lose my money. It would just be so sad. Or like, what am I not seeing? Why not? Can I stop being contrarian for one second? <laughs> and I would. And, and that's what it's like. Floyd Mayweather Jr., Patrick Mahomes, they're undefeated. Don't bet against Mahomes. It was starting to feel that um, way with don't bet against Brady. At a certain time, Clay Baker joining us, uh, host of Morning Tailgate, uh, Raider Nation Radio in Las Vegas, the host city for Super Bowl 58. Let's flip the ball over to the San Francisco 49ers side. What does this do to the narrative of Brock Purdy in the game manager as he was oh so close of knocking off the best quarterback in the NFL right now? I thought he played pretty good. But, you know, I think even you and I would probably be thinking before the game, you would still have to outplay Mahomes to beat Kansas City. And that's so an, uh, such an unrealistic expectation. But at the same time, I think he did enough to win a game. At the, at, at the very least, at least he wasn't, you know, turning the ball over left and right, even though McCaffrey did and some other guys. You know, they had a hard time keeping hold of the ball. But for Brock Purdy, I would have to think, like, still. You know, He's, he's got the, the name and the conversation of being a very good quarterback and possibly even great, but it's Shanahan. It's that window for the Niners. They have built such a great job of defense and offense. There's a top 12 player at every position on that team, but yet their window is starting to close. This was that year, and they totally messed it up. And I don't know if you can like go back and really like you know, harm, you know, you know, Harper on, like, all right, did he make the wrong calls by not going for it on fourth down? Did he go for it? Uh, did you feel like maybe he didn't do enough to let everybody know the players on what to do during the, you know, overtime and the playoff rules uh, that were so different than the regular season? One thing for certain is that now doubt is starting to creep in in San Francisco that, you know what, if we, what more can you do to build a winner? How long can you hold on to trying to build a championship team? And right now it feels like the window it's like three, four shut now in San Francisco. Okay, uh, if you're a coach in a Super Bowl going to overtime, now that we have example number one of the new rules, are you taking the ball first or are you kicking it off? I'm kicking it off to see what I have to do next. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm kicking it off, therefore I have to understand, all right, do I need a field goal or a touchdown? It's going to change completely the complexion of my attitude of what I need to do. And I just felt like they, that's a, just another blown opportunity to understand and have that awareness of being a championship coach. Okay, of course, the Super Bowl is a lot more than just the game. The halftime show, uh, what, what was the sense you got from Usher's performance with all the special guests that came out near the end? Yeah, I, uh, I had a chance to watch Usher in November at his show uh, here in Las Vegas to kind of see, like, all right, wonder what he's kind of preparing for because uh, he wanted this to be really special. What I loved about it, you know, because sometimes at a, when you're at a game, you don't 
necessarily what Steve with the TV is going to see. But he spread that coverage all the way out. It wasn't on stage. It was the first time I saw somebody get off the stage and kind of like, you know, move all the way down 100 yards to get to like a certain spot to make sure that everybody was entertained. They had roller skating. They had Ludacris, you know, Alicia Keys. Everybody was out there. Little John, I loved it. And I, the, the crowd went absolutely nuts when Little John and Ludacris came out there. So I have a feeling like in Las Vegas, when you're in the entertainment capital of the world, you really got to have something solid that nobody else is going to, like, you know, figure out. And I think Usher finally did it. And, you know, perhaps it's, uh, the music is maybe not on the current edge of what a modern audience may like. But contemporary-wise, I think yeah, that's exactly the kind of name and star power they were looking for because Las Vegas has always tried to do that. And, of course, the post-game party, it looked like uh, Taylor and Travis had a great time in some of the clubs around Las Vegas last night, uh, from all indications. Yeah, from all indications, it looked like there was a high level of spending uh, over at Resorts World where they were uh, taking all comers on. And, like, what more would you expect? And I think that's the thing about the NFL was really maybe you ask, why did they want Las Vegas to be an NFL town? And I think overall we're getting that message is that 31 other billionaire owners wanted to go and have a place where they could party on the NFL's biggest party week, and that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, it was it was a big party for the winners, the victors, but I think it was the billionaire owners that really, really had the best part of it. And it makes me feel like maybe 2028, the Super Bowl comes back to Las Vegas. That is Clay Baker. He is the host of Morning Tailgate in Las Vegas as... Vegas, it's, it sounds like they did well as the host city of Super Bowl uh, 58. The Kansas City Chiefs, back-to-back, back, and they want to go back-to-back-to-back to back to back next season. Champs and chumps directly ahead right here on the Green Zone on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best. And you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, you're a bad person. Each and every day, one champ and one chump here on the Green Zone. Uh, the chump. I'm going to play a few a few clips, okay? But just listen closely to see if you can hear the issue. Jawan Jennings, double trick play. You hear, did you hear that? Here hear in the background? Jawan Jennings, double trick play. Yeah. Yeah. There's one. How about uh, we go to example number two? Oh, up and he touched it. You, you hear him? You can hear him, right? How about the game-winning touchdown? First and goal. Mahomes flings this. It's not- Tony, shut up, man. Let Jim do his job, which is the play-by-play, and stay out of it until your job comes, which is to analyze the play after it happens. All game long, he was talking over Jim Nance on the broadcast, driving me, Drew Remenda, and I saw many others on Twitter wondering if there was an independent mute button just for Tony Romo. He used to be great. Now he's too much. If um, Greg Olson gets removed for Tom Brady, CBS, go get him, bring him in, get rid of Tony Romo. Maybe he can be the quarterback coach of Dak Prescott and they can lose forever. Okay. The champ. Uh, here on the Green Zone. This is a very special, a very special champ here on the Green Zone. And it's a very selfish champ as well. I am champing Taylor Swift. Here is why I'm champing Taylor Swift. 
Hold but before you start texting me angry about even thinking about champing Taylor Swift, hear me out on my champ for Taylor Swift. I am champing Taylor Swift for one reason and one reason only. My 12-year-old daughter was texting me about the Super Bowl last night while she was watching the game. We were going back and forth. I never thought I'd ever share that moment with my daughter. But thanks to Taylor Swift, my daughter was engaged in watching a football game. (laughs) And at one point during overtime, I texted her saying, just so you know, if San Francisco scores a touchdown or scores, Kansas City gets the ball back. Do you know what her response was? As if she had knowledge of the NFL rule book for decades. I know, Dad. Okay. Sorry about mansplaining the overtime rules to you. I apologize. Uh, Yeah. And the text won Kansas City won. That was a pretty excited 12-year-old. Although the Raider fan in me, it hurts a lot that she's cheering for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm champing Taylor Swift anyways.